there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Season 3, Episode 47, the Daily Numbership Podcast. I'm Greg. I'm back in studio. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Hope you guys all had a great weekend. That's a voice crack. But uh, it's, it's going to be a great episode. we got a lot to talk about. Um, quarter one, we'll talk about basketball. I'm going to jam in uh, some March Madness talk as well as the NBA, with the NBA. Quarter two, we'll get into the NHL. Quarter three, we got some golf talk. Then in quarter four, a little bit of UFC. We've got the uh, second F1 race coming uh, Sunday and, and uh, the World Baseball Classic, which I haven't really dove into, but you know we'll... Uh, We'll check in there what's going on. But listen, before we get into things, folks, I got to shout out to Manscaped because they are the presenting sponsor for the Daily Mission podcast. You know, spring has sprung. So our friends at Manscaped, the leaders of below the waist grooming, have the best tools for your family jewels and spring cleaning in your pants. Uh, Trust me, your confidence will be blooming. Make sure you go to manscaped.com. Use the code TDI for 20% off free shipping. Uh, guys, the performance package is phenomenal. It comes with the lawnmower 4.0, which is obviously the razor, the weed whacker, which is for your ear and nose, uh, the crop preserver, ball deodorant. If you're getting in the mix, uh, you know, if you uh, if you think that uh, you might be taking some swings or, you know, you're in a relationship and, uh, you know, you want those uh, you want those nuts smelling phenomenal. Uh, there's just a, it's just such a great um, uh, selection of products over at Manscaped. So make sure you use the code TDI uh, for 20% off free shipping and, and make sure you're grooming. You know, you're keeping things up to date uh, with everything. Um, you know, uh, you know, just your, your, your entirely, uh, your entire uh, uh, body head to toe. Make sure you're keeping clean. But, uh, but listen, folks, Saturday was a great day in sports. Uh, we had some good UFC fights going on. Obviously, Hockey Night in Canada was phenomenal with the Oilers and the in the Leafs and uh, the the Players Championship. It was just a great viewing uh, day on, on Saturday. So I was having a few pints. Um, Molson Coors. Uh, I'll, I'll give them a shout out. Was uh, was drinking uh, some Coors Banquet, and uh, on Sunday. I oftentimes do this. This is, I think, the worst. You know, when you're trying to get in shape, and and um, you know, I find it oftentimes if I have a few beers, it kind of throws off my routine. Um, you know, you you just kind of have a craving. Uh, I don't know if everybody's like this, but when I'm a little hungover, I crave whether it's pizza or some Donnie's or anything to kind of like my first meal to kind of get back into things. You know, there's nothing better than just having a bit of McDonald's. So I swung through the drive-through. I got a ton, ten piece chicken nugget meal. Got some fries and, and got a diet coke. So I wheel out of there. I mean, not proud of it, but I, I'm I'm excited to just absolutely demolish this ten pack of nuggets. And McDonald's, if you if you don't check your bag as soon as it's handed out the door, it's just I I, I typically do it, and I forgot to check the bag. I just I wheeled out of there, and I was like, okay, well let's go let's go you know get ready for some some golf viewing and and get ready just to lay on the couch for a few hours. No dipping sauce. I'm a huge sweet and sour sauce guy with my nuggets. No dipping sauce. So I, ch- I, I went lunatic mode and I chowed down on these 10 nuggets with no sauce. And it was a battle and it was devastating. So this is just a reminder. 
if you're going to go to a fast food joint and you're going to put in an order through the drive-thru, make sure you take a peek in that bag before you pull out of there. Because I'm telling you right now, there is nothing worse than a fucked up order from a fast food restaurant. Man, I, and I, I, you know what? I'll come clean. I did have a junior chicken thrown in there and I wanted habanero sauce on it and they threw Big Mac sauce on it. So listen, they've completely fucked my order and I wasn't going to throw in the extra junior chicken that I ordered on top of that because I didn't want to sound like a complete fat ass. But yes, I did order a junior chicken as well and they fucked that up. So McDonald's is, is uh, they're on my shit list this week and uh, just make sure you double check your uh, your McDonald's orders or whatever fast food restaurant you're indulging in. Make sure you check the uh, check the bag. Uh, but just some news actually uh, in the pregame show. We'll continue on. Uh, there's been a bit of NFL news that I wanted to touch on. It does not really m- much to, to fill out a full quarter. I could have thrown it in the miscellaneous fourth quarter, but I wanted to talk about it in the pregame show. But the uh, Canadian National Basketball Championships were being held this week in Halifax. Uh, so that's the U Sport. U Sports. The it's certainly not the equivalent, but it's the it's it's the NCAA of Canada. It's called U Sport. Um, obviously, to a very very small uh, scale of of what goes on in the United States, but now Nevertheless, they were holding. They were they were hosting uh, the national championships in Halifax this past weekend, and Saint Avex, which is a, it's a school in Atlantic Canada. It's it's a really fun school. It's in a it, it's kind of in an isolated town uh, towards Cape Breton of Nova Scotia. This is going to make G- zero geographical sense to anybody listening, but maybe a handful of people. But so St. Avax, it's a big, it's a big Nova Scotian school and they made it to the final, which is huge because, you know, typically Atlantic Canadian teams uh, in the grand scheme of things outside of hockey uh, don't do very well. We're very competitive uh, in the youth sport uh, in hockey um, in Atlanta, Canada, it's maybe the best, uh, but outside of that, we're awful in football, basketball, um, you know, any other sports that can volleyball, I don't think we have teams, um, but just any sport outside of basketball, we're terrible in. But St. Avax made it to the finals versus Carleton, who Carleton's a school in Ottawa. And if you don't know, Ottawa is the capital of Canada. Um, and they lost, but it was an incredible close game. Went to double overtime. I was hoping for St. of X. Um, actually, St. of X, uh, when you graduate from St. of X, you get a ring. It's called the X ring. And it's like one of the most highly recognized rings in the world, or at least in North America. It's like second to the Super Bowl ring. I don't know you know, how you compile those statistics, but I know that's a stat that they brag about. Uh, but St. of X loses in the finals of the national championship. Obviously a heck of a run. Uh, from a, an Atlanta Canadian basketball team. So obviously a tough one, but Carleton is, is typically a wagon uh, in, in Canadian basketball. I mean, I think they do go down and beat some D1 schools as well. Uh, so I'll have to look into that. But a uh, great run from St. Avax. Uh, I was excited about their run, but uh, ended up losing in the national final to uh, Carleton. Okay, so we'll move into the NFL here quickly. So there was some, some massive news coming into the NFL this week. The Chicago Bears trade the number one pick. And they receive an absolute haul from the Carolina Panthers. So the Carolina Panthers will pick at the number one position. Obviously, they'll be taking a quarterback because they've been quarterback needy for since Cam Newton left. Um, and, it, and it sounds like C.J. Stroud, maybe Bryce Young. It does. I don't really know which direction they're going to go in. I'm thinking C.J. Stroud. But in return for this number one pick, the Carolina Panthers send to the Chicago Bears a first and second rounder this year, a first and second rounder next year, and D.J. Moore. 
the receiver, stud receiver. So now Chicago is kind of like, okay, you know, maybe you know, obviously now you're you, you've 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 instilled confidence into Justin Fields that he's going to be your guy. You bring in DJ Moore, and and he joins Darnell Mooney and, and Chase Claypool. It's a formidable three receivers that you have there in Chicago now, um, and you get the ninth overall pick this year, the second their second round pick this year, and who knows how bad Carolina is going to be uh, next year and get their first and second round picks. So that I I thought that's a great trade for Chicago for a team that you know is going to go with Justin. Justin Fields, which just checking to make sure I'm recording, which I agree with. I, I think that uh, it's a good trade for uh, for Chicago, and and uh, I think they won that trade. Uh, it, and obviously, will depend on you know if Carolina does get their their quarterback of the future, and if they end up hitting, it'll be a great trade for both teams. But I really like this trade for Chicago. I like DJ Moore. Obviously, he was uh, he was upset last year with the quarterback carousel that they were fielding uh, in Carolina, but Chicago. Uh, they've got a ton of cap room as well, Chicago. So I'd be interested to see, um, you know, what types of moves they make uh, to try to, you know, I think this is, I mean, if Aaron Rodgers ends up leaving, which we'll get into, it sounds like, well, we can get into it now. It sounds like Aaron Rodgers is going to go to the New York Jets uh, by all accounts. So that means, I mean, that division outside, I mean, the Vikings and Lions and, and uh, you can group in the Bears uh, into that kind of three pack of teams that you think that, you know, depends, you know, who gets playing well and, and uh, you know, you could see any of the, any of those three teams win the division next year. I don't think that Green Bay will be very strong if they lose Aaron Rodgers. I'm not a huge Jordan Love believer. Um, but I mean, I, I don't want to, you know, get ahead, put the uh, cart ahead of the horse. It's I, I'll say it sounds like Aaron Rodgers is going to go to the Jets. It, it doesn't. It sounds like Green Bay doesn't want to. They want to move on from Aaron Rodgers. Uh, they want to kind of move into a new era um, and kind of start to uh, retool for the future. That's my third voice crack, I think, of the episode. But nevertheless, Jalen Ramsey, cornerback, stud cornerback, obviously formerly a Jacksonville Jaguar, and most recently a Super Bowl winner for the Los Angeles Rams. He uh for a long time he was coming he was he he was renowned, you know, to be a top three cornerback. And I, I think you could p- probably still put him in the top ten of cornerbacks. I mean, there's a lot of young studs at that position nowadays in the NFL. Uh, Patrick Sertan comes to mind, Sauce Gardner comes to mind. But I mean, I think you throw Jalen Ramsey in, he's a guy that can blanket your top guy. Like he's a he's a nice pickup, and the Dolphins end up trading for him. So now the Dolphins have Xavier Howard and Jalen Ramsey, a nice bolster of their defense. Obviously, last year they traded for, for Bradley Chubb. There's I mean, the Dolphins. Dolphins, like they got a nice team going there. If Tua can stay healthy, if Tua can play, um, you know, they might be a team that uh, can make some noise there uh, in Miami. So that's a nice pickup. I know Dolphins fans would definitely be excited about that. Uh, but the news will continue to pour out. There'll be some movement and and uh, obviously the NFL draft uh, just over a month away. So the NFL, I mean, it never dies. It's still a content machine. And uh, there was some fun news this week. But folks, we got a lot to talk about in the basketball world. So we're moving into quarter one and March Madness. The bracket is live. Selection Sunday happened yesterday. And uh, I mean, I like I said last episode, not a huge basketball guy, not a huge college basketball guy. But this is uh, this is going to be a fun, uh, fun year. I mean, it's every year's fun in March when you get to pick the brackets and you get to look at some upsets and you get to take teams uh, to go on runs. But uh, but the four number one seeds were the number one seeds that we predicted. Uh, actually, they uh, they were not. Uh, Alabama, Houston, uh, Kansas, and Purdue get the number one seeds. I'm actually surprised with the Purdue seed. Uh, but UCLA, who we thought might have been a one seed, is a two seed. Uh, but just kind of overlooking the bracket. I'm going to do a nice video, probably on YouTube, of picking the bracket and, and and do some funny things uh, picking it. But uh, I'm looking at uh, the College of Charleston. Uh, 
Uh, that's a team that kind of that's jumping off the page to me. Maybe a Cinderella vibe from them. Uh, I'm looking at Alabama to lose, uh, not in the first, not in the second, but maybe in the third round. I don't think Al- I'm not getting great Alabama vibes. I'm thinking my narrative right now is that you know straight up a team and their uh, a guy on their team earlier this season murdered a woman. So I think that that's a, a narrative that uh, that is loud to me, and that uh, that that's a team that uh, I'm going to be betting against uh, a couple rounds in. Um, see especially being a guy that doesn't really follow college basketball throughout the year, I've really have no idea. Like you just kind of have to put the numbers aside. Um, I think Indiana will beat the wheels off Kent state. Um, I'm all over the bracket right now, by the way, I'm just kind of looking overviewing it, seeing if there's any names that jump off the map. I think Duke might go on a little run at the five spot. They're taking on oral Roberts, which obviously is a great name. Um, I've heard the, the I'm not even going to go there, but uh, no, oral Roberts um, is going to get dusted. I think by Duke, um, is there any threes that I could, uh, could see an upset by, um, I'm looking at college of Charleston to upset San Diego state. That's, that's one that I'm really looking at hard. Um, Louisiana, no Montana state versus Kansas state. Not a chance. Grand Canyon's an interesting one here. Grand Canyon versus Gonzaga. There's just no chance. Um, I always find it interesting. Why why do two of the sides of the bracket or two quarters of the brackets why do they play for the twelve seed? Why is there a plan for the twelve seed or playing for the fourteenth seed? Fifteenth seed. No. They're playing in for the eleventh seed. I don't get that. Why there's plans for the sixteenth seed on one side and then there's plans for the eleventh seed on the other side. Anyway. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll dive more into it, folks. But uh yeah, there's just I mean, I'm looking at Drake actually right now. Um, Drake might be a team, obviously, you know, close friend of the show, Drake Batherson, and obviously, you know, maybe the most noto- notable Canadian uh, in media right now, Drake the rapper. Um, I think that they might be able to upset Miami. Who knows? But I'll be, yeah, but, but uh, you know, make sure you're tuning into the uh, social media later on in the week, um, and I'll, uh, I'll post a full video of my picks. Uh, but just examining it, it's going to be, I'm going to go way off the charts. And I am going to do that parlay, actually, of the one, two seeds. We'll see what that pays. Actually, you know what? Let's do that up right now. I'm just going to go over to the betting app right now and see what this is going to juice up for us. I wonder if all the games are scheduled that we can, uh, we can, oh, no, they won't be. All right, we'll save that for next episode. I'm sorry. This was, uh, this wasn't really well planned, this segment of the episode, because uh, it was just the, uh, my notes actually say, look over the bracket and just talk. Uh, so that uh, didn't go very well, uh, but nevertheless, I'll have a video out later um, that uh, that goes over the uh, that goes over the uh, bracket and and uh, and my picks. Um, interesting story here. So we'll move into the NBA now. So JJ Redick, obviously a phenomenal uh, three point shooter through his career uh, in the NBA. Um, he was on first take last week, and first take is Stephen A. Smith's show. Um, and I, I actually really like JJ Redick. Uh, I think he's got a lot of great. He's got a lot of great insight. Obviously, he's got a uh, a new podcast, which it's tough. It's tough grinding on the podcast game when you got guys like JJ Reddick coming on, and and his guest list is is pretty much anybody that's played uh, that anybody that's a name in the NBA in the last decade or currently playing, he can have on, which goes a long way when you're when you're doing a podcast. Uh, but JJ Reddick and Kendrick Perkins were going at it, so they were talking about the MVP race and Kendrick Perkins. Kendrick Perkins was kind of he was leaning. 
he, he, I don't know if he was fully accusing uh, the white voters in the NBA of being racist, but it certainly sounded like he was implying that. And JJ Reddick completely called him out for it. Um, you know, he was looking at the underlying numbers, and obviously, you know, Nikola Jokic has been phenomenal. And I, I mean, this Denver team is you know, with the best record in the Western Conference this year. And you look every time the Nuggets have, oh, I guess the first game this past weekend was the first game that uh, Jokic had a triple double and they did not win. But I mean, to say that the MVP voters in the NBA are racist is quite the claim by Kendrick Perkins and JJ Reddick completely called them out. So I know a lot of people in the media were, were, were siding with JJ Reddick and saying that that, that, take by Kendrick Perkins was completely outlandish. Um, but it's an interesting, uh, it, it was a, it, it was a good topic of conversation to have. I mean, they definitely addressed the elephant in the room. Um, and, uh, and you know, Charles Barkley made fun of it, but I, obviously there's an argument whenever there's an MVP race, not like the NHL, but right now, um, you know, Giannis, I mean, the box have, have the best record in the, in the East and, and Giannis is just clearly the engine of that team as well. And, uh, and Joel Embiid has been so phenomenal for the 76ers. Uh, I mean, there's an argument to be made for everybody, but I think Jokic is, he's the, he's like the clear cut best player on his team. Um, and, uh, and I mean, they're in first place. I guess you can make that same argument for Giannis, but, uh, but it's an interesting conversation to have. And, uh, I'm glad JJ Reddick brought it up by saying, I think that's outlandish. And I don't think people are bringing skin color to any voting, uh, any, you know, narrative into the voting for the MVP race. And I completely agree with JJ Reddick. I mean, I don't, not that I know a lot about the voters, but I, you know, I would think that in today's day and age in 2023, that if there was a racially motivated voter in the NBA, well, that would be completely, complete nonsense. Obviously, there is there is a chance that that's going on. I just don't think that's the case. But JJ Reddick, obviously, an interesting uh, conversation that they had, and I think JJ Reddick completely body bagged Kendra Perkins, and I think that's kind of the unified uh, opinion on on the matter. So yeah, on, on Stephen A. Smith, uh, you can find the clips online. It, it went viral. I'm sure you're aware of it, but um, it, that race is going to be interesting for sure. Uh, can he be the first three time winner since Larry Bird? We'll see. Uh, Freddie Van Fleet this week, uh, guard for the Toronto Raptors. Um, I actually loved this, but they played the game. I forget who they were playing, but they played uh, Denver, and and um, Scotty Barnes got kicked out at the end of the game. And they're just the refing has been questionable at times throughout the NBA season. Um, and uh, Freddie Van Fleet called it out, and he said, "Listen, I'll take the fine. Uh, the refs have been fucking terrible." I called out Ben Taylor, referee in the NBA, and got fined 30 grand for it. I don't mind that, though, because, you know what? I think the refs do have to be held accountable at times. I mean, you think about the coaches and, and all of the people involved in this sport have to get interviewed and have to, um, you know, talk about tough losses and, and, you know, talk about all the hardships because, um, you know, different markets and different media are allowed and, and they ask tough questions at times. And, and they've, you know, you got you put the, to put them out the microphone at times. Um, but referees could, you know, they've got, they, they can have a serious influence on games. And how often do we have to hear from them? <laughs> Never. Uh, so I think it is, you know, it, it is uh, refreshing for a player who there was some clearly some blown calls made and he took a technical foul that, you know, had a tough, uh, you know, in a, in a close game, um, you know, had a, uh, had some implications on how that went. And, and, uh, you know, Freddie had the nuts to say they were fucking awful. And I think that that's awesome. You know, take the 30 grand fine. That's nothing for Fred Van Fleet. So I enjoyed it. Uh, hopefully you guys all saw that clip, but I'm on team Freddie. I mean, if the referees deserve to be called him out, called out, call him out. 
Los Angeles Clippers are an interesting team right now, guys. Um, they've been buzzing as of late. And uh, Kawhi Leonard has been such a freak in nature. He goes under the radar because he's such a weird dude. Uh, but obviously, you know, he's got championship pedigree. He's been there, done that. Paul George has, uh, you know, is just an amazing number two on a team. And, and Russell Westbrook seems to be, it seems like he's out of the spotlight a little bit, which is nice for a guy like that. You know, he's he's struggled, obviously, the last few years. And, and the media have been, you know, very hard on Russell Westbrook. But I think this, this Clippers team is going to be a scary team come playoff time. And uh, Norman Powell is another guy I like. Obviously won a championship before with Kawhi Leonard, but... This is a this is a team that's uh, that's going to be tough to beat, I think. And and uh, if you're moving into the playoffs, you know, sitting in the fifth seed right now, so they would well they would take on the Suns. That would be a fun series. Uh, right now, that's how it stands, and and it looks like that's probably how it's going to stand. If Golden State doesn't catch uh, the Clippers, um, wow. So it does look like the Clippers are going to end up playing either the Suns or the Kings. Sorry, I don't know if that's right. That's not right. They'll end up playing the Grizzlies or the Suns. So what we want as NBA fans, folks, sorry, I'm just looking at the standings right now. The Grizzlies and the Warriors would be some, would be a fun series because earlier this week, uh, Draymond Green, obviously on his podcast, it never has a shortage of, of words to say. He was calling out Dylan Brooks, a Canadian on the Memphis Grizzlies, and they had kind of a back and forth. They had exchanged some words, and there's a lot of animosity in that series. I haven't really heard an update from John Moran. I know he's still out seeking uh, some help or seeking some guidance um, in that world. So um, that's... Uh, that's good news for the Grizzlies. Hopefully they can get him back this season. Um, but I mean, the Grizzlies, uh, Golden State Warriors, um, round one would be amazing. I do owe an apology actually, as we're in the NBA, uh, I want an apology to Sean Kemp. Uh, Sean Kemp, obviously the six time all-star was the legend for the supersonics. He got arrested in a drive by shooting. Apparently he's been released and he, he was found innocent. So I apologize, Sean, cause I did think, uh, from the initial reports that you'd be doing some time behind bars, uh, but that's not the case. Uh, so, uh, so Sean Kemp, I do apologize. Uh, if, uh, if you listen to the podcast and you heard me, um, talking about how you're going to be doing time for in a drive by shooting, which actually didn't end up uh, not being the case. So, uh, happy that, uh, Sean Kemp is, uh, is not guilty with those charges but uh but guys listen just over the next few weeks you know what should we be watching for in the nba well the eastern conference one seed is going to be a nice battle between the milwaukee Bucks and the boston celtics other than that the play-in teams are very close right now in the eastern conference the play-ins in both the eastern conference and western conference are kind of those are the kind of the races that we're looking at right now uh while you know following the nba um so we look at uh, the eastern conference we've got the raptors bulls indiana pacers and washington wizards all of those four teams are kind of battling it out for two spots spots and they're all within a game of each other so that's a just a heck of a race uh to figure out who's going to be in the play-in uh, round of the playoffs and then we look at the western conference and we've got well we've got golden state minnesota dallas utah the lakers thunder pelicans all within two games of each other so that, i mean there's a lot of jockeying, and you can throw the Clippers in there two and a half games. So there's a lot of jockeying left. There's some meaningful basketball in the Western Conference still to be played. Um, so that's obviously going to be an extremely uh, exciting race down to the finish here um, in the NBA with 
you know, not many games left. I mean, we're looking at 14 games left for each team, 14 to 16 games. So, uh, you know, a few more weeks of NBA basketball, but obviously that won't be at the front uh, of everybody's basketball viewing uh, as we've got March Madness here ready to rock. So uh, obviously, uh, like I said, I'll have the, uh, the the bracket picks coming out later on, probably in the next couple of days. Uh, we'll say Tuesday, just so I'm not uh, completely, uh, um, just so I don't make any promises. And, uh, and yeah, in the NBA, we'll be watching those wildcard races. But folks, we'll move into the NHL in quarter two here and the Flyers. The Philadelphia Flyers have fired their general manager and president of hockey operations, Chuck Fletcher, after four years. Uh, Danny Briere will take over. We all remember Danny Briere for a long time. Uh, Philadelphia Flyer and Buffalo Sabre. Uh, so it's kind of fun watching these NHL teams move into the future with some former NHL players. So obviously uh, exciting to see what Danny Briere does. But I think if you're in Philadelphia, you know, it's been a tough few years. Um, and, uh, I think Chuck Fletcher, I think they, uh, I was listening to Elliot Freeman and Jeff Merrick talk about it. And it sounded like that this was the plan for the Flyers to move on from Chuck Fletcher, but they didn't want to do it until the end of the season. Uh, but then if you look at the Philadelphia Flyers deadline and they didn't do anything, they didn't move on from JVR. They didn't move on from anybody and they didn't really make any moves. They didn't stack up on some draft picks. They could have maybe moved on from Provorov, uh, wrist aligning maybe on the back end. So it's just been it's been a shit show and there was a lot of noise in that market obviously we think about the Philadelphia sports market and you know they do love their flyers when 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 the team's strong that's a tough building to play in when we think about the 76ers flyers and or sorry the 76ers and Eagles and um and uh gosh what's the other team I'm thinking about the Phillies clearly I mean the uh the Philadelphia sports fans are are wild and and uh, they're not happy about the Flyers right now so it's going to be interesting to see what Danny Briere does um I think it's going to be a retool I don't know if it's going to be a full on down to the bone uh rebuild I think they could go that route um, but yeah, I mean, uh, the Flyers, obviously it's a refreshing start and it's, uh, they're, they're turning the page, uh, with leadership there. So, um, we'll, it, we'll continue to monitor them. They're going to be a fun team this off season. They'll, they'll probably have a lot of turnover there, uh, in Philadelphia. Hockey night in Canada this week, folks. It was a fun one. We, we had the Toronto Maple Leafs take on the Edmonton Oilers. Um, and, uh, clearly that was, that was, I mean, those are the, you know, two biggest sports hockey markets in or you know two of the three or four biggest hockey markets in in Canada and two of the biggest superstars in hockey um and uh and it was a great game um Connor McDavid versus Austin Matthews and the the big four for for Toronto was phenomenal uh, Austin Austin Matthews Mitch Marner uh, Willie Nylander and John Tavares and specifically in the second period they scored four goals uh so they ended up winning that game 6-4 huge win for the Leafs um you know you have those kind of those games in the season that uh, they're like they're you know they're they're, they're a nice measuring uh, stick for where your team's at and you know you look at this Edmonton Oilers team who their their last game their previous game going into Hockey Night in Canada was against the Boston Bruins they had a big comeback win we're down two one going into the third period ended up coming back winning three two in regulation obviously that put a big jolt into their system the Edmonton Oilers are feeling good going into Toronto playing Hockey Night in Canada the Leafs end up winning that game I mean that's a nice win that's a nice confidence building win. Um, for the Leafs. And you might think, okay, that's just another regular season game. I guarantee those guys will build confidence off that. They know they can win those big games. And, and Matt Murray looked good at times. And, and that's a guy, too, you know, if, if, if he can get hot, you know, you, you never really know what Matt Murray can do come playoff time. He's been there and done that. It's been a long time. Uh, but I did want to mention one of my biggest takeaways from watching the Edmonton Oilers the last two games. Well, one, clearly, Connor McDavid and, and Leon Dreisaitl. I mean, if you're not watching, if you're not a hockey fan, go watch a game or two of the Edmonton Oilers. And if you are a hockey fan and you 
don't get you don't get to stay up late and watch the others. Well, this is a perfect time. I don't know actually how many more games they have in the Eastern Conference swing, but it was a nice time that you could watch at a decent hour. These two go at it. But Matthias Ekholm, I haven't watched much National Predators games, and I knew he was kind of a big, mean defenseman, but fuck, man, he is an unreal player. I was watching him against the Boston Bruins on Thursday night, and he dummied Bergeron, dummied uh, um, uh, DeBrosk and was just playing with unbelievable grit. Huge guy can rip the puck. And then obviously we saw his goal on Hockey Night in Canada on Saturday and that went absolutely bar down over Matt Murray's shoulder. I didn't realize how effective Matias Ekholm was. Obviously I saw the haul that Edmonton had to give to, to uh, Nashville to get him. But man, he's impressive. And that's a nice piece for the Edmonton Oilers moving forward. He is a monster. He looks like a full-on Viking. Unreal player. Uh, another trade line, uh, uh, another deadline acquisition that's been phenomenal has been Jonathan Quick. And, and obviously people were surprised that the Los Angeles Kings moved on from, from Jonathan Quick. Uh, longtime goaltender there. I mean, he's just been such a, a staple. And, and, and they're two cops. He played so phenomenally. And, you know, coming to the end of his career, you know, a guy that, you know, could potentially be a Hall of Famer, could potentially have his jersey retired. You know, for an organization to move on from him, it sucked. And that's the nature of the business. But it did suck. And it, it was tough to see. Uh, but obviously he got traded to Columbus, pretty much said to Columbus, yeah, I'm, I'm not going anywhere near that city. They trade him to Vegas and he's three, and know, right off the get go and his start in Vegas and they are fired up, um, about, um, shoot, sorry. I'm just getting a notification. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah. So anyway, it's a it was a tough it was a tough trade for uh, for Quick going to Vegas. But I mean, listen, he's on a heater. He's he's three and zero to start uh, in Vegas. He had a shutover to the Carolina Hurricanes. This is the guy if they can get hot. Uh, they can get him feeling good about his game in, in, in Vegas. I mean, that's going to be an awesome pickup. Going to look like an awesome trade. I'm not sure if he's going to be the guy. Um, come uh, come playoff time, I know they got a few other guys playing well there. And I mean, Logan uh, Logan Thompson's had a decent year, and um, is Aiden Hill um, the other player in Vegas? I mean, they're, they I mean, they've had they, they've got a few goalies going, but uh, but Jonathan Quick, nice guy to have in that rotation. Nice to see him playing well. This is a headline that hasn't been talked about at all, and I think it's just incredibly impressive. But Quinn Hughes, young defenseman for the Vancouver Canucks, he's the fastest defenseman ever in the NHL's history to 200 assists. Like, let's think about Like, that's faster than Ray Bork, faster than Bobby Orr, faster than um, Paul Coffey. I mean, you think about the long list of names, Brian Leach. I mean, there's been so many star defensemen, Nick Lidstrom, in the NHL, and he's the fastest to 200 assists. And I don't think I, I, I don't think people were talking about that. So congrats to Quinn Hughes. Absolutely, a, you know, a great uh, accomplishment for, um, for, uh, for a guy, you know, of, of that uh, stature. And it wasn't an impressive family. I mean, we look at Jack having a breakout season in New, York, in New Jersey and his brother, Luke, who was a superstar at the World Juniors, will be joining them as soon as the Michigan sun, uh, season's done. So the three Hughes brothers, they're going to be big names in the NHL for a long time. And what an impressive stat. I don't know why anybody's talking about it, but amazing. Uh, but just looking at the uh, the holistic view with the NHL standings right now, the Penguins and Islanders are creating a little separation in that Easter Conference wildcard position. The Sabres are kind of tailing off a little bit. The Senators have had two tough losses in their last three games. are tailing off a little bit. I don't think Washington's going to get there. So it, it looks like the Penguins and Islanders are going to be those teams. Um, but uh, it's uh, it's going to be interesting. That uh, that Easter Conference wildcard fight is going to be a fun one to follow. 
Um, and just finally in the NHL, uh, this is a topic that, you know, it's hard to talk about, but I think it should be addressed. Um, they continue to struggle with their pride night. So obviously the NHL puts on pride, or each team, each organization puts on a, a pride night to celebrate the LBGTQ plus communities um, across uh, you know, just you know, just celebrate inclusiveness and celebrate um, you know all you know facets and 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 different um, you know communities of of life and and um, you know want to make sure that uh, people feel welcome when it comes to hockey and um, obviously the last two teams in the NHL to to go without wearing pride jerseys during their pride night were the the New York Rangers and the Minnesota Wild and the big issue here. Um, is that uh, I do believe it's the Russian players. Um, and, and, and I'm not saying that it's against the Russian beliefs, but Vladimir Putin, the president of, the, uh, of Russia, has they've signed legislation against gay marriage, and I'm not sure what uh, the consequence is for Russian players if they're, if they're seen or supporting um, gay rights with, with different propaganda. But it's an issue right now for for sports teams and NHL teams, and you know what? What do I think that uh, the solution is? I'm not sure there is one, but I do think that they should wear the pride jerseys and that they should put on these types of nights. But I think that you know if if you're if if you're not comfortable, you know, wearing those jerseys and and celebrating, I think you just you sit out, you do what Ivan Provorov did, and I don't think there was anything wrong with what Ivan Provorov did. You know, he didn't speak out against anything. He just didn't go for warm-up. And I bet you if there wasn't a hundred media members for each NHL team, if you're a fan in the building, you wouldn't even notice that Ivan Provorov wasn't out there for warm-up. Or you wouldn't make the assumption that he was out there, he wasn't out there because uh, you know, he was against it or that he was worried about his uh, homeland, you know, the views of his family. So you know what? I, I, I think that if, if, if you're not for it, you, you just sit out a warm-up and, and uh, you let the team, the majority of each team, I think, would be very comfortable um, you know, celebrating and, and, and wearing these jerseys. But you know, obviously, there's no concrete answer. And I know that the, there's a lot of uproar in the media right now. But you know, when it comes down to it, I don't think you should be able to – I don't think you should be upset if someone chooses not to do something. Um, you know, and you know what? And I think, too, when the majority of people are willing to celebrate and are comfortable – you know, wearing these jerseys and wearing these different stick tapes and, and celebrating. I think that, you know, we should be happy and celebrate with them and really ignore the people who are just or making the decision not to, um, you know, for whatever reason, not to uh, um, take part in these events. And you know what? It, it, unfortunately, that's not the way it's going. Um, but it is what it is. I thought I'd touch on that topic because uh, it is going to be a topic kind of worth uh you know monitoring and, and and to see how the nhl and different teams across the nhl um look to uh you know celebrate the night and and, and you know um you know overcome these uh these challenges uh moving forward but uh but nevertheless we're going to move into quarter three we've got some pga tour to talk about ladies and gentlemen the players championships this week at tpc sawgrass was absolutely phenomenal absolutely enjoyed every minute of it at the 17th hole i mean it's just absolute carnage uh, it's a 140 yard shot but these guys don't know what to hit they're hitting nine irons eight irons wedges 52 degree wedges they're blowing ashore they're in the water it's just it's such carnage and you have to keep your composure because they're uh, the most 
fans of the tournament are on that hole, and it's so easy to hit. The green is rock hard. It's so easy to, to, to go in the water and have to go to that treacherous drop zone. You can make a serious number there. And Chad Ramey, the guy who was leading after the first round on Friday, went to the 17th hole and made a seven, made a quad bogey, took him out of the tournament, essentially. Um, it's just such a tough hole. But there was three hole-in-ones. Hayden Buckley, I talked about it on Thursday. Um, uh, Austin Smalley, I think his, dude, his name is, and, um, and Aaron Ray. So three hole-in-ones in the hole. It's, it, you know, there's a big argument. I don't think there was an argument. It was a topic of discussion over the weekend. Is it a goofy hole or is it a fun hole? I think it's a fantastic hole uh, because it's the most famous on the golf course. And, and obviously, too, there's a ton of drama on Sunday. Um, you know, there wasn't as much this week. But, you know, typically, you know, if a guy's leading by a couple shots, one shot, two shot, that shot right there, I mean, your hands would be shaking over that shot because you can, I mean, there's, there's quintuplet quad bogeys involved in that hole. Um, but it was a great viewing uh, tournament. I'm, I'm sure everybody enjoyed it. Um, Tom Hoagie sets the, the course record on Saturday with a 62. Just incredible round. Tyrell Hatton on Sunday goes on a run. Man, that shot he hit on 18 out of the woods to like 10 feet with a foreign. Unbelievable. Ricky Fowler and Jason Day are back playing well. Jordan Spieth had a decent tournament. I mean, all these names are fun to watch, but there was no name bigger than... Actually, I'll, I'll mention two. John Rahm ended up uh, withdrawing. I actually didn't see any news about why he withdrew. I'll assume it's due to an injury, uh, but John Rahm didn't play. They played the second day, Scotty Scheffler and Roy McIlroy, just the two of them. Um, but the rounds are slow out there because there's carnage. Uh, but Scotty Scheffler, Scotty Scheffler, he was leading after three rounds, and, and you're looking at this leaderboard going. Like, I put a little bit of juice on Tommy Fleetwood. Um, you know, obviously, you know, he's a, he's a monster, and, and um, you know, sorry, he hasn't had his first win on the PGA Tour, and I I thought you know maybe he'll be able to get in the mix. He had a brutal day, uh, but Scotty Scheffler was going to be tough to fin- to tough to catch, and, and he certainly was. He closes it out. Um, I mean, this guy when he's in the mix, he's hard to beat, and it's kind of we're looking at the big three right now on the PGA Tour. We're looking at John Rahm, Roy McIlroy, and and, uh, and Scotty Scheffler. It's kind of a carousel with the number one ranking in the world, and. You know when these guys get in contention, it's it's they taste blood and they they finish. They're they're three finishers, and I would say it's been more of John Rahm and Scotty Scheffler as of late. But I think Roy McIlroy he, he could get right back in there. Um, he's definitely looking towards Augusta. But um, no, I think all in all it was a, it was a phenomenal week. Scotty Scheffler wins a four point five million dollar win and uh, takes retakes the uh, the number one player in the world. So uh, that's an awesome. Uh, that's an awesome um, win for uh, for Scotty Scheffler and uh, and uh, I know a lot of people had him in the one and done. So congrats to those folks uh, with the four point five million dollar win. And and uh, you know I, I will uh, preface this Valspar Championship uh, preview by saying all the people um, you know chirping me in the uh, in, in the uh, chalkboard app saying you've passed me and saying that you're ahead of me. Listen, I'm taking notes of this. I'm not, you know, I don't take those lightly. So uh, good luck the rest of the way. We're still having a long season ahead. So, uh, you know, enjoy your enjoy your position right now in the golf pool because I'm coming for you. But this week we've got the Valspar Championship at the Innisbrook Resort at the Copperhead Course in Florida. Um, Sam Burns is chance to three-peat. He's won the last two years, and, and the two years prior to that were Paul Casey who won two years. So we've had two winners in the last four years at this tournament. Uh, it's actually a better field than I was expecting to be. Justin Thomas is going to be there. Jordan Speed's going to be there. Matthew Fitzpatrick's going to be there. 
Um, Sam Burns, a chance to three-peat. His game, he, he played a little bit better last week, but he hasn't had a great year. Uh, but that guy, he, he knows that like, when he gets that flat stick hot, he can flat-out pot. So he's the guy that I'm looking at probably. I'll probably take Sam Burns. Uh, it might be a 50% ownership. I don't care. I'll be cheering for the three-peat. And he's a guy, obviously, he's had a lot of success over the last two years. And he's a guy that's kind of looking to get things uh, ready to rock and roll with, uh, you know, with major season just around the corner. So uh, we got the Valspar Championship this week. Then we've got the, the uh, World Golf Championship match play. And we've got the Valero Texas Open and then the Masters. So the golf world, is, it's full of content. It's heating up. Um, so uh, we'll continue to uh, to watch the golf and, and uh, feel really good about, uh, you know, uh, betting. And, and uh, you know, it's just it's a great time to be a golf fan. So uh, congrats to uh, Scotty Scheffler. All right, folks, just finally in quarter four. We'll bring this home quite quickly. I did watch the Peter Yon fight, and he got the wheels beat off him by Devalashev. Anyway, I'm not going to pronounce his name very correctly, but the, the three and two in the Bantamweight division, uh, second ranked and, and third ra- uh, third ranked contenders in the uh, Bantamweight division went at it. And man, you know what's fun about watching the Bantamweight division is that sometimes when you're watching the light heavyweights and heavyweights go at it, they get gassed after like a round and a half, two rounds. Not the case here with these two. These two went at it for five rounds. Uh, I think... Uh, Vela Shelvy, that's a butchered, but he won all five rounds. He completely dismantled Peter Yon, which I found surprising. Um, but he has stated that uh, he won't uh, he won't fight Aljamain Sterling. Um, Aljamain Sterling, the belt holder right now in the bantamweight division, are too good of friends, which you don't often hear in, in the UFC. So. He'll wait for Aljamain to move up a weight class, which I guess Aljamain plans to do. Um, and he's going to be a he's going to he's going to have a good fight for the belt, man. I was impressed by that guy's endurance. He went for takedowns all day versus uh, Peter Yan, and then even in the last round, he stood up on his feet and boxed him. Who Peter Yan just known for his boxing, so that was a lot of fun. Um, another fight that I watched that was the second, uh, it was the co-main event, I guess, was Volkov versus Romanov, two heavyweights. This Romanov guy rolled in at like 264 pounds. He looked like the most out of shape guy in the world. Went for a takedown. Volkov, this six foot seven Russian dude, he fended off the takedown and then just chopped him up for, for a minute and a half and, and, and knocked him out. Like it was like, anyway, if you're Dana White and you're looking at this Romanov guy come in way overweight and just gas out after a minute of fighting, you're like, eh, maybe you're not, you know, tailored for the UFC or maybe you should have a sit down with him and say, listen, bud, next time you come into the UFC to fight, you better get your ass in shape. Uh, but this weekend, another huge fight in the UFC. We've got um, uh, Edwards versus Usman three, so they'll they'll fight for the belt. Uh, Justin Gaethje makes his return, so that's going to be a great fight as well. Um, so another heater of UFC fight this weekend. We've got the second F1 race this weekend in Saudi Arabia. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna be riding some major plus odds until we hit there uh, in the uh, in the F1 world. So uh, I'm actually hoping Max Verstappen doesn't win this week. Um, and the World's Baseball Championship continues to buzz right along. Um, I'm not. I, I don't really know how to follow it. Um, I don't. I haven't been watching the games and. Um, what I've what I did find out I'll, I'll talk about last episode when I was reaming through all the countries. A lot of them are the are players from um, you know the the United States and and team or players that have kind of you know maybe uh, family ties to the country. So um, a lot of guys kind of dispersed uh, throughout the tournament uh, from the MLB that may not have like full on number one heritage to that country. Uh, but we'll, we'll, I'm going to wait for the semifinals and we'll dive in. We'll watch the semis and finals of that tournament. But, uh, but yeah, a couple weeks away uh, from opening day and uh, hopefully the MLB content continues to heat up. But ladies and gentlemen, it's been a pleasure. Um, hopefully you guys uh, have a great week. Uh, St. Patty's Day on Friday, which will be the next episode. Um, you know, it's uh, it's 
I don't know what I was going to say, but uh, but listen, make sure you're a five star in the episode. Make sure you're following on all the social medias, and uh, we'll be back on Friday. Have a great week. <laughs>